You're listening to Your Rivers Are Wrong, the podcast. Good morning, or evening, or afternoon, whenever you may be. Welcome back to the Your Rivers Are Wrong podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dante. And I'm the other host. My name is Merle. And we're here, as we are every week, to talk about the wonderful whimsies of world building, the arts and aesthetics of setting up a setting, and telling stories born from it. That's right. Every week. <laughs> now, this is a totally normal episode, and nothing has happened in the past <laughs> uh-huh. <Yep. laughs> 24 hours. Totally normal. Nothing at all is strange. Okay, let's start with good news, and we'll go to things that are a little bit <laughs> more testy. Um, <laughs> yes. We have to preface... And this is kind of a neutral statement that the time between episode 68, which was the previous episode, and 69, which is today, is somewhere in the ballpark of five to six weeks. It's, yep. it's, it's been a while. That's and right. A ba- the backlog of episodes we've been talking about this whole season really came to play. And it's great. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're cruising. And this episode might come out on time. All fingers crossed. But in that time span... I feel like we have to talk about what feels like to me uh, what has been the month of Merle. It has been, you've just been. <laughs> the month of Merle. You've been like a string of incredible things you've been up to. I mean, God, no pressure. Couple weeks. <laughs> but yes, I mean, the, there's been I mean, a, the, it's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've kind of been talking about it. We've been leading up to. I, I literally edited 68 just a few days ago, and it's like, yeah, my show's in a couple of weeks, right? And now <laughs> oh, we've no, been it's there, that done that. Ago? Oh my God, yes. crazy. And dealing with the, the after effects. Can you talk a little bit about how that show went for you? Oh, you guys, it was great. <laughs> I love theater. For the uninitiated, I was part of a, um, I guess, quote unquote, amateur production, but everyone was really good, so it didn't really feel like <laughs> amateur, of A New Brain, which is by composer William Finn. It is amazing. I had a big part. It was lovely. I love the people. It was in my local area, which is also very nice. It was basically two weekends of just like musical only, (laughs) like nothing else (laughs) on my brain. (laughs) I did sleep and eat, which was useful, which helps for, you know, keeping up the energy. But we basically had three shows in the first weekend and two shows in the last weekend. And the week in between was a mess. It was beautiful. <laughs> I love theater. What else can I say? This is great. I mean, you know, you guys know this. Like, I'm such a character backstory nerd. And then if you are able to, like, in a show, and also I love singing. It's my, gr- it's one of my greatest favorites, really favorite hobbies ever. I feel like you're understating how you're really good at it. That maybe that's also why I love it because I'm <laughs> learning about it all the time. Because it's my favorite thing to do to learn about singing and get better at it. And then if you can play a part. That only you are responsible for. That is a pretty deep character study of a it's mother a going a little bit crazy. And it's very lovely to play. <laughs> it's so nice to do it five times in two weeks. or I mean, less <laughs> than two weeks. In like two weekends. Oh, you guys. It was great. Yeah, I we talked about this. When you told me about the role you had in A New Brain, <laughs> you vastly underplayed that you were basically the female lead of the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Like I feel like I talked about this, but then somehow I didn't. Yeah, you, well, <laughs> it was just like a hit after hit after hit. And it was. I haven't heard. I haven't heard watched the show yet because I'm literally across the country. Yes, of course. That makes um, things but difficult. But there is a video. <laughs> there is a video. Yeah, that we're, we're totally going to watch, watch the thing later today, which is exciting. Which is very fun. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. Also, uh, I did want to mention a cool project you have going on in Rocktober. Can I yes. ask you about that? Please that ask me about fun. that. <laughs> yeah, what is that, Marilo? What What's going on there? Okay, here's, uh, talking about backstory. Here's the backstory. <laughs> a colleague of mine and friend, uh, his name is Tom, mm-hmm. and he's also a musician. He's in two bands and he's very great. And he is like ever since COVID, I think he graduated during COVID and then also COVID happened. And then he was in the black void of sort of graduating and also COVID <laughs> And then he started the sort of initiative or the challenge, I guess, which he called uh, Rocktober, which is basically make a piece of music every day for the entirety of October. And if you succeed in doing that every day, and I think you have one 
joker, right? Like one sort of wild card that you don't have to do it. <laughs> if you succeed for every other day of the October, then you get, you know, eternal fame and you've succeeded and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> kind of that. There's a lot of challenges, right? In October where it's like stopping to smoke October or like Inktober for all the illustrators out there. So this is another one of them, but with music and it's great. And last time I heard about this because then he was like, yeah, I'm participating. And I sort of saw the chaos of it and I was very intrigued and terrified of it. <laughs> and this year I was on time enough and realized that I could also participate if I wanted to. And then he convinced me and now I participate. <laughs> and I guess I also, I guess I make music now every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, the stretch of coming from your theater show. Talking about the Black Void, it's a good like <laughs> second project to keep your mind off like theater, you know, cravings that are not happening. Yeah. Right. And I'm one of many people who are <laughs> tuning in every afternoon and saying, what did Marla post oh, today? Oh, yay. Which has been <laughs> That very makes me fun. very happy. Yeah. Also, yeah. it has been really fun. Uh, despite mm-hmm. the uh, humble microphone problems that have arisen every now and then that we're not going to talk about because it's going to jinx everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yes, it's been very fun. And also, it forces you to just make shit. And you can't like mm. edit that shit. There's no time to like be self-conscious or self-critical because you just have to make stuff every day. Everything that's going to come out of your mouth is going to be, you know, the thing you're going to upload because there's no time mm. for anything else, which is very nice. And and kind of like the ultimate playground, right? Because I've been trying out or, well, that's a big statement. <laughs> every now and then I sort of try to make like a song or try to make a melody or fidget around with text right but it's always gonna be it always feels bigger than it's necessary and this is just Mm -hmm. sort of flitting about and sort of fucking around with it and if it fails it's also okay because everyone has this struggle because everyone's trying to make like 30 pieces of music in a month which is a ridiculous thing to do anyway you know so yeah better have fun with it right yeah i think the premise puts on a lot of pressure which is good but also relieves a lot of pressure yeah which is like it's very much both there's a, a bar standard that is absolutely subjective and it's and it's wonderful. Yeah. And also there in the same week you're going to make masterpieces and you're going to make absolute trash, right? Which is lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz then in in you know at one day you're going to make like a 30 second beat with your hands and then you're tired <laughs> and you're like I'm done this is it. And then in the good. other day yeah, you got the whole Sunday you're feeling you know you're feeling it and you're making something beautiful and it's also great and everything counts, right? It's really Everything, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if I make the end of October. <laughs> so far, so good. It's currently <laughs> so far, so good. as as of recording. What is it? Ninth, ninth of October? 10th? We're recording on the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty far in. Pretty great. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll very briefly glaze over the problems we've been having. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The reason we haven't been recording for the past few weeks is because of Marilyn's show and being generally busy with also, life stuff, yes. both of us. But the also, also because <laughs> one of our mics is causing, is being very uh, whiny, moody, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's being a uh, child. Chooses, chooses not to work very specifically on the days that we record. Yeah. So that is something we're wrestling with towards the end of this season. And hopefully we can wrap up strong but we're we're, oh, we we're shall both kind finish. of standing yes. on a tightrope thinking like this podcast recording could end at any moment yep. and if yep. we drop right out at any point i understand that's where we are right um, now but yeah yep anyway how are oh. you also well important? in the la- <laughs> in the last five weeks my sister got married which hey. was very exciting went to a wedding and then I went to a second wedding for one of my best friends. Talking about the next busy, day. by the way. <laughs> so party party Thursday, party Friday, collapse Saturday. Nice. Um, Work on Monday. <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, I've also gone to the, the Ren Fair in New York, which was very, very fun. Got to go with my oh, friends. Oh, yeah. I saw some up. videos of that shit. That looked so great. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous that you have a bunch of Ren Fair shit. <laughs> New York Ren Fair does show out. They're, yeah. they're pretty great at it. And the weather looked lovely. Everything was so aesthetic. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Very fall, very autumn energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So nice. Did you see it? Was it a big one? Like, couldn't you spend an entire day there? How, do, how does that work? Oh, yeah. You can absolutely spend a whole day there. There's multiple like improv groups that bounce around. There's shows like people who use whips and sword swallowing and acrobatics. So it's all it's all it's um, cool spread out throughout the day. And obviously there's a, the main jousting match that happens in the afternoon where you get to root for one night and boo the other. And it's very, very fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my friends really get into that. I don't know if anyone here is from the Northeast. 
of the U.S. But if anyone's been to medieval times, we're we're the grown adults in the back that are yelling at the top of our lungs like eight year olds. That's like, yeah, great night, go, nice, boo, boo, like yelling. I mean, really what else are you and, there for, right? I mean, exactly. I, I feel like that's part of the deal there. Yeah, it's part of the deal. It's Why are you there be. if you're not going to yell? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but we've also yelled at like monster truck competitions. Is it also same as energy? you should? Same energy, right. yeah. Anyway, love that. Uh, we <laughs> we've talked a lot about ourselves. <laughs> Let's get into what this podcast is all about, which is world building. Are you ready, Marla? I am so ready. Actually, I don't know if you are ready because this episode is going to be a little bit different. Oh, a little no. Bit different. A trend that we've started, it's officially a trend because we're doing it for the third time, is that towards the end of the season, and if I can remember, it was episode 48, then 59, then this one's 69, the episode is going to feature us world building. I feel like we talk about world building a lot on this podcast, but we don't actually world build like <laughs> we just and, and talk about the building we just talk about world building and we have a little prompt at the end we're like nerds we don't actually do sports we just watch sports out of it but you got <laughs> we've had this episode <laughs> but you gotta immerse yourself in the hobby yeah, you gotta indulge every now and then if you want to try to teach it or educate or, or share what you've learned mm-hmm. so today we're going to be doing a little bit of world building and i'm going to be using a resource that i discovered or learned about through the 99 more series that I conduct on my YouTube channel, which is dedicated to learning 99 more tabletop RPGs. And I found one that's very useful for world building, which is called, very appropriately, An Altogether Different River. Oh, which is the name of the game. Oh my God. It's beautiful. Isn't it perfect? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I thought it was perfectly appropriate for this. That sounds awesome. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be building a town today or some sort of town or city or whatever it becomes. It's a setting, a small setting where people live very specifically. And what makes this one unique is that the way that they construct or guide us to construct this village is using time. Whereas we are going to flesh out what this location was like in the past and in the present. Okay. And document the change that happens in this setting. So that's going to be the little experiment we have. Interesting. Today. I like it. Changing up the format here. <laughs> so so nice. instead of a proper topic, we're going to be uh, building a nostalgic town and our prompt will be interacting as two characters from this town. Oh, Does that sound good to you? That sounds very good to me. Okay. So I'm going to send you, I- I'm sending you something in our, <laughs> in our chat. Yes. And what we're going to do is this list is a list that you can find in the Mm. game, again, called An Altogether Different River. Um, I should note that the game is made by Aaron Lim. Thank you, Aaron Lim. I've interacted with him on Twitter. He seems very nice. Oh, fun. But these are aspects that can play into the general motifs of our town. There's 36 different words here. I'm going to ask that you pick one specifically. I pick one specifically. And then at the end, we'll roll randomly for two more Mm. aspects. Ah, And then using those four aspects, we'll build out what we think this town looks like. Hmm. Do you have any words that stick out to you immediately? I kind of don't like it, but what immediately stuck out with me is insects. (laughs) Insects. Okay. Insects is going to be the first word. There's a lot of good words on here. Yeah. Insects is going to be the first word that we put here. (laughs) Do I want to lean into that bad energy or do I want (laughs) to? I agree. (laughs) I I'm going to add from this list the word, the word walls. Walls? I'm going to add the word walls. So that's not (laughs) bad energy yet, but it's not necessarily good energy. Now I'm going to roll for two more words. Yes. I'll get a dice roller out. Please do. All right, here we go. The numbers are 28 and 14. So the words that we will be working with are? 14 is lake. Four, five, six, it's insects again. Is it insects again? Yeah, do another one. Do another one. And, and the word right after it is walls. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's try one more dice roll and we'll see what that looks like. Yeah. 25 animals. Okay. Okay, so what do we got here? Insects, walls, lake, animals. Lake, animals. Okay, so we're going to start uh, trying to construct the general energy of this town. <laughs> And, and, I'm already and is intrigued at where this is going. It's time to show, Marla, it's time to show off our world building yeah. talents oh, God. with these special mm-hmm. four words. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I think just starting off, this feels a lot like some sort of summer camp. There's a lot of summer, summer camp. Summer camp? This, oh, okay. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I hear lake and I automatically think, oh, it's some it's some like children's encampment. That's very summer camp. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere in the rural mountains. Insects, I can hear like the chirping of like grasshoppers mm. and cr- not grasshoppers. I can hear the chirping of crickets in the background. Just an ambient noise that exists all throughout the day. I feel like animals makes a lot of sense and walls. I don't really know how walls factor in this. Do you do you see any vision for that in particular? Well, it could be some sort of canyon situation, right? Where it's a very sort of enclosed space that opens up in a lake. Like it's okay. Do you, you see what yeah. I'm seeing? Almost like a like a very wide pit of sorts, where it sort of descends to the water side of it all. That's really cool. There's a lot of like mountainy cliffs, I guess, cliff around. Sides? Yeah, cliff yeah. sides. So it feels like a little secluded little bay area or something. Now I'm starting to imagine this is a little campsite, little campgrounds tucked around like a almost like a three-sided cliffside. Yeah. And there's like one opening that leads to the greater town or community, probably just one road that leads back to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, with all these words, let's just chuck a waterfall on there. You know, let's put some nice <laughs> cascading yeah. water somewhere in the distance, when not too doubt. close that it's like dangerous for anyone who's camping out. Yes. But like in the ambient background, mm-hmm. you can hear like mm-hmm. the crashing of water. Yeah in the distance general wildlife you know what with animals with the word animals let's pick the mascot for this camp are we being like realistic or are we being like wild about this it's your choice i'll leave it to you okay i want there to be like sort of giant beetles like really almost that you can ride them but that's really not what you (laughs) should do because when all the like seven-year-olds in the camp are like being rambunctious they're gonna try anyway and then hurt themselves you know rambunctious is such a good word yeah um, <laughs> it's, a, it's ramb- a good word. just getting rambunctious yeah you know i want some like you know like hilda vibes have you seen this hilda vibes i don't i'm not too familiar the animation with oh it's very lovely you should you should watch it it's very whimsical and summer campy but also fantastical which is nice okay it's very like friendly spirits kind of energy you know okay so if the if the mascot is like a giant beetle, do the adults ride beetles? Is my question. Ooh, like is is it a common? I don't want to. Do you think they're dangerous? Except from like falling off of them. But I think they look dangerous, but, but they, they could are be very gentle. friendly. Hmm, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I like that. Are we thinking like gentle forest spirits, like gentle forest creatures, I like think the so, giant right? beetles? Yeah, it's got to be. And it's like, you don't trust kids to not like anger them or piss them off. Yeah. So you tell them to stay away. So how how about this? Not everyone has a beetle as a mouth because that is not special or cool enough. Sure, but what yeah. if only like the people that literally live in this forest and every now and then have to like, you know, deal with the hassle of the summer camp existing. Mm. <laughs> and mm. then the people that are the actual residents of the of the area do ride the beetles. And that makes them right. very mystical and cool. Yeah, I think it's something along the lines of there are people who are local to this area and help out at the camp. And there are people who are definitely tourists and only come during the summer and like don't really know how this yeah, place works. it's that kind of area. Yeah. So I think there's definitely some sort of dynamic between if you're around here the entire time and understand like the workings of these beetles or these, we can say like mystical insects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit older than time energy, you know, like they existed well before anyone ever settled here. Sure. Prehistory type. And then there's people who are like, wow, this is a really nice campground near a waterfall. Let's <laughs> let's build, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would leave a little bit of settler energy in that. Okay, so can I add a little like flair to this? Of course, of course. Okay, I'm going to say, because I love the summer camp energy, but I want there to be a little bit of an edge to it. Otherwise, we're being very butterfly about sure, it. Sure, sure. You know, the adjective butterfly. Yeah, we got some good words we can use here if yeah. you want. I feel like because beetles are like famously shiny shelled, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Perhaps there's a sort of thing happening in this kind of realistic but still like magical-ish world where twilight becomes this sort of weird shimmer in the air instead of just sort of the light dying down. It sort of becomes a... I'm really like picturing the visual of how a beetle shell looks, right? Like what if the sky just turns into this weird sort of glistening for just like every end of the day kind of. Mm. And that's when the beetles come out or that's when they're completely, you know, invisible or something because they sort of blend into the background for real. Ah. I'm kind of looking for something similar to the feeling of like a white elk in, you know, snowy forest right when it's not snowing it's just super like ghostly and out of place and then 
once it's snowing, then it's meant to be there, right? Kind of like that. Yeah. So I think that we should then make these beetles incredibly rare, like very, very mm. difficult to spot. Yeah. And then there's this sort of like stardust hour where like there's like yeah, little yeah, yeah. glitters cool. that, that carry in the air and the wind. And it's like only during this hour, just between the sunset and total darkness is this like glistening in the skies. And if you look very closely, you can see the lights reflecting off of the the shiny shells of these beetles. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think I nice. think that's really cool. You know what? Let's add a little bit of danger there. We gotta we gotta okay, okay. we gotta make this a little bit more spicy. Yeah. Um we do have the word animals, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to make the beetles these like mystical guardian type creatures, I want the animals to be like dangerous. I want them to be like it's kind of like a huh. don't go into the forest at night type energy. Yeah, sure. There's definitely a summer camp curfew. We can't yes. you can't allow the kids to be out at a certain hour of the day. And yeah, like twilight curfew. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. And and just to contrast the insects, I want these kind of dangerous animals to be more mammalian, right? There's kind of like wolves mm, and like yeah. dangerous like uh, forest cats. I don't know why I'm blanking here. Are there forest cats? Like lynxes? Like cheetahs? <laughs> in the forest wait that's more like jungle though <laughs> it's more like savannah know. yeah i don't know why forest cat just doesn't bobcat maybe like isn't that an animal maybe like angry badgers or like angry just, just, badgers yeah mm-hmm. right 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 <laughs> uh things with claws and teeth and fangs just, yeah it's just dangerous things right mm-hmm. and it's this weird sort of um not weird but it's this unusual sort of scenario where like the bugs are generally benevolent but like more feral creatures are the ones that are like closer to man i suppose in terms of being like proper mammals Hmm. so we do make the distinction between them then yeah 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 okay i think that's i think that's important sure okay so we have this setting we have this little summer camp between cliff sides by the waterfall represented by the mascot of this legendary guardian forest beetle and the dangers of the forest nearby now in terms of a town that exists through time, what this, uh, technically a tabletop RPG, uh, what this game does try to emphasize is that we're going to add character to this town by allowing them to exist in a history. So hmm. when in regards to time, yeah, that's cool. we want to start with the details of what elements of this town are timeless and immutable. What has not changed, what will never change about this town in particular? What what does immutable mean? As in unable to be changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like uh water to gas is immutable is mutable. Oh, immutable like immutable would mean if it stayed as water forever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, definitely the twilight thing we talked about before. That perfectly fits mm-hmm. in it is. That feels like an ancient sort of forever around something. Huh, that's a pretty hard question. I think something like such a natural setting. It's hard to say that nothing will ever change, right? Because landscapes by nature yeah. over time kind of grow and develop. I don't even think that this waterfall in the in the background has been here forever. I think that's like a... I think that's what it feels like. And then perhaps there's more to it than initially you think. Like everyone in this summer camp, maybe only the ones that have been here, like that have started when they were like five and then are now camp leaders, right? Only they <laughs> know you know, the truth of the waterfall mm-hmm. in the back, something like that. Sure, but sure. But for everyone else, it just feels like the huge, <laughs> the the waterfall <laughs> that's always there. They they don't yeah. know, they don't remember the great incident that caused the waterfall, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh-huh, sure. I think if we're talking immutable, it's got to be the Beatles, right? The Beatles have been here. I think like, so, yeah. They're older than man, I think. They got that sort of mystical energy going. Like this was their territory well before people came around, even before the natives. Yeah. Like the the Beatles were the landmark of this space. And then over time, people moved in. So I think that's a staple. That will never change. Yeah. I'm guessing Stardust Hour is certainly a thing that has been around forever. Yeah. I think that's very like simultaneous to how the Beatles are existing forever. Right. I imagine that the Stardust was what initially drew people to this location to this spot in the first place and gave them the idea to even settle here it was just sort of mystical oh okay area that was like oh this place is somewhere special maybe we should stick around i think this bay perhaps wasn't even found out until well not recently but like too recently right like the last maybe 20 years or so mm-hmm. because it is so secluded and you need to sort of 
realize that there's a whole sort of lower plateau that you can also build on or exist on or that's very rich in, I don't know, fish or forests or, you know, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or beetles. Or beetles. But I think because it's all the way at the end of a, a larger land mass that exists much higher up on the cliffs, it's it's hidden out of sight a little bit um, right, until right. the last few years where people realize that you can go here and it's very beautiful and very summer camp proof. <laughs> yeah, I think this place has definitely been a landmark and almost like a sacred grounds kind of energy. Yeah, I'm right? also feeling like I'm sort of picturing a little bit. It's a little bit extra, but I also like it <laughs> that that the cliff like the walls that are surrounding this place are so high Mm -hmm. that you really need a guide to sort of traverse them or that there's maybe not even like a great path. There's just like either like a giant sort of like, what's that called? Like carved out ladder of sorts that you need to descend or ascend to get in or out of this place. It's it's some effort to like go all the way down or all the way up again after, you know, it's sort of the boundary of it, right? Like it's, Mm. you really have to want it to really go there. Like it's not a casual tourist spot like that. Of course, of course. Which is also why it's very special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the journey getting to this spot is part of the experience. It's like to get to this camp area, you're led through this space and it really feels like you're disconnecting with wherever you came from. Yeah. I really wanted to feel like you've sort of found a hidden cave and you need to like squeeze yourself through and then see the beauty of the sort of underground Mm. lake that's in there or whatever, you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah. Okay. So with the prompt that we're going to handle towards the end... We're going to inhabit two characters who have been at the town, as they say here, the town then and the town now. They have been present within this space, at least in two different time periods. And the contrast between these two characters that we're eventually going to inhabit is that one has stayed here the entire time and one has left, then returned. So they have two different perspectives Ah, on this town. That's nice. Over the course of time. Yeah. So before we jump into what that prompt would look like or what that conversation would entail, I do want to nail down what the town looks like now. What has changed since the last time these two characters were both here together? So to clarify, what is the time span here? Are we talking 20 years? Are we talking like, what are we talking? I'm thinking 20 years. Like early, early few years that people started to settle here versus right now where it's a famous sort of, well, not, well, yeah, I guess kind of famous like summer camp slash tourist spot. Well, I'm thinking because if it's a summer camp spot, I think it'd be really cool if our characters were both kids here at camp. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. And then years have passed. And they are returning here and meeting again for the first time. But one character has been here the entire time. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. So honestly, I kind of like this. Like what if this, I think one of one of our characters in that case then is the person that just grew up here and is now finally able to make friends because it's so secluded uh, with all mm-hmm. the summer camp kids that are somehow like this camp started in her like home area, even though sure. for everyone else, it's a very special place. If this were to be the setting of a story that we would build on, right? It, it, hypothetically, mm-hmm. if this was the uh, the main locale, I want to introduce uh, a classic problem with places like this in that they're really nice and people who don't understand the space start to have plans for it. <laughs> right. So would you be interested in playing the character who remained? Sure. And and I could play the character yeah, who returned. Sounds great. Cool. I think I'll leave it a surprise what my what my character is uh, uh, going to bring up. Okay, okay. With that said, to, to recap what we've just done, and it's just one way you can uh, create a setting, one way you can world build um, how a town came to fruition. We literally started with four essentially random words, yeah. figured out a way in our minds to piece them together, labeled and established the groundwork of the foundation of what makes this place special, how this place exists in time, and what aspects of it are immutable, like immune to change, and what parts are open to the progression of the story. And with that, I think we should jump into our prompt. How do you Ooh. feel about that? Yes. Okay. Let's okay. go. Let's see. Let I think the premise will be My character is coming back to the town for the first time after 30 years. And the first time my character was here was when he was eight years old, young and bright eyed, as just a kid at this camp. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. Okay. 
as I understand it, when you arrive from the city nearby, you arrive at the top of the cliffside. Yeah. And you walk down this long winding path, a very precarious path down the cliffs to the camp in which you will be spending the better part of a week, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, let's start with there. It is a late afternoon. Sun is only a couple hours from setting, honestly. My character has this dark black hair, a little bit disheveled. He's wearing very formal clothes. It seems like he literally just got out of work at a very early shift. He's still kind of wearing this button-down collar, this older blue suit kind of jacket, but it's unbuttoned because the day is hot. He parks his car just at the very edge of where cars are allowed to be or exist, and he's holding like two large suitcases. One of them is brown and ruddy and boring, and one of them is this like bright pink unicorn rainbow color um, (laughs) that belongs to the um, boundless energy seven-year-old that is tailing behind him. Very nice. This is this young girl that hops out from the passenger seat of the car, which is highly inadvisable for small kids. <laughs> but but she looks, um, this young girl with jet black hair and a big green ribbon on her head uh, leans over the railing and marvels at this massive landscape that waits before them. And my character, uh, give me a letter for the name. I'm going to come up with the name. Ooh, um, S. S. His name is uh his name is sam let's go with sam sam is fine sure sam immediately uh drops one of the suitcases and scoops her up in one of his arms and says okay whoa way too close to the edge there we'll walk down we're just gonna wait for a guide i i, I we pro you promised me that you'd behave on this trip so please just <laughs> stay far away from any steep edges until we're safely on ground floor and this girl kind of pouts and wrestles with him in his arm and he just holds her tight. And Sam looks around desperately for somebody uh, who is supposedly at this time, at the, in this space, guide them down the mountainside. Great. Oh my God, I love them already. I would say barely like 10 seconds pass and there's this giant sound. Oh my God, giant truck passing by my window. <laughs> Give me one second. That's the giant sound. The yeah. giant truck do, do, passing do, by do. the cliffside. Yep. That's definitely what nature sounds like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Barely 10 seconds pass. And what follows is the sound of as if like a tank is barreling through a forest. Like twigs snapping, crunching sound, things skittering away a little bit. There's still like a lot of sun. It's a very like warm afternoon, I guess, feeling. The sound feels a bit out of place. And a moment later, right over the edge of the cliff that they're standing, or like the start of the path, right, where it's where it very steeply descends down, just off the side of the path even comes a giant, glistening, almost wet-looking head of a blackish beetle over the edge of the cliff and sort of skitters up to it with these weird sort of clicky noises that insects make, but, you know, Mm. not aggressive in any way. And a moment later, Sam sees someone familiar on the back of this giant beetle. I would say this is the size of, like, a very polar bear, like, size, or, like, bear size, you know? like Sure. It's pretty intense. (laughs) Specifically, if you have never seen something like this before, because I don't think Sam has come into contact with any of these. Maybe, you Mm -hmm. know, seen them in the distance or something. I don't know. You can fill it in. But this is very much in his face. And um, as they come up to them, he hears, see, you need a guide? Well, I'm at your service. And on the back of this giant beetle, uh, and she's just stepping down, is someone he at first doesn't recognize, I think, but with a shock realizes is Hannah, the little kid that he made friends with all those years ago during his summer camp trip that lived in the forest with her mom very close by and sort of hung around the kids. It wasn't part of summer camp, but, you know, was sort of a local in the area. Sure. Yeah. When this beetle emerges from the forest, there's an immediate like stumbling backwards as like Sam fumbles with his suitcases plus his daughter. (laughs) And you can see like some of his stuff falls to the side as he like just kind of holds her uh, and pulls her away uh, in a very protective way as she's staring like wide eyed, sparkling, (laughs) sparkling pupils. Mm -hmm. Like a wow, kind of impressed. 
And as Sam kind of gets his bearings, he quickly um, puts her down on the ground and like kind of gently pushes her head down in sort of a bowing stance. Wait, did you name the daughter or no? Did I miss you? Uh, I haven't said anything oh, yet. Oh, okay, cool. No? Cool, cool. And Sam also bows, almost very vaguely remembering like the customs of what you're supposed to do if you ever run into these creatures as a sign of respect. And after a moment or two passes, he raises his head, um, looks, there's a squint and a raised eyebrow, and he says, Hannah, right? Yeah. We've met before. Have we met before? Hi, uh, uh, Sammy, I guess. It's, it's Sam now, but remember me? Oh my God. Little Sammy from the summer <laughs> camp. I can't believe it. I haven't been called Little Sammy in decades. Hey. I mean, I guess wow. you're Sam now. That's wild. Is And who is this? Your daughter? Yeah. yeah. This, uh, this is Jessica. Jesse, say hi. And she like st- is still like staring in awe. And she has like a little hand stretched out as if wanting to pet the beetle, but doesn't say anything. Hi, Jesse. Don't worry. It's okay. He won't, he won't do anything. Don't try that with the wild ones though. But, and Hannah just sort of pets the, uh, <laughs> I guess, giant beetle next to her <laughs> to sort of move up a little bit. And he does and sort of touches his, I guess, forehead or something to the tiny hand of Jesse, Jessica. Sam is like a little reluctant. You can see he holds like just the nape of her, her like green sweater. And as Hannah approaches, he just very reluctantly lets go of the sweater. And Jessica runs over and just kind of slaps her hand onto the side of the beetle. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's it's so great that you're still, I guess, working here now. You're uh, I'm guessing you're one of the leaders of the camp. Uh, well, I'm not at the camp, but I do the the guidance basically around to make sure that none of, uh, you know, the tiny feet trample things we shouldn't. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Old Lady Bonnie back over in the town I'm living in now. Yeah. She, she reminded me that this camp's still around. And so I got asked a couple things, poked around for a few details, and I heard that they were open for this week. I'm guessing there's something going on that maybe Jesse could attend. Is that, oh, is that all right? Um, well, usually they work with like invites or you have to sort of uh, reserve a spot earlier in advance. But I can see if there's some spots left, at least for this week. There's a bunch of um I think they're doing like a like a track of workshops and stuff. And also, honestly, you're perfectly in time for the meteor shower or whatever there. I think there's a there's like a constellation thing going on. It's it's pretty exciting. I, it's just so fascinating that you're you're back after all these years. Yeah, Um did you just did you just want to check out the the camp or I mean it's it's a it's a pretty long trek to like go all the way here. Usually we don't have like random or I mean I don't want to say random but we don't have, you know, people just stumbling upon it or like passing by. It's a, it's kind of an effort. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it was only like three and a half hours. So, you know, mm. just a, just a sure. I had, to, I had to clock out a little early today to to get here on time. Right. Yeah, listen, I this is going to sound crazy, but I know back the last time we talked, I had sworn across my heart that I'd be back here at this camp like every year. But uh, later that fall, there was like a falling out with my parents and it was just real hard to coordinate any sort of trips. And I you know moved. it's fine. They say it yeah. a lot. It's it doesn't happen too often. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's it's more of a. Uh, one-time-only uh, experience, huh? Yeah. Um, Except for now, I guess. Um, must be kind of weird to be back, no? After all these years. It's, it's hard to sort of see the change when you're right next to it, right? But Oh, yeah. I'm. I, <laughs> these railings weren't here 30 years ago, so... Oh, yeah. A lot uh, of... Well, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, thank, I'm thankful, of course. I'm, I'm glad we do, like, uh, guided walks down the cliff now. I think that's a good improvement. Yes. A necessary... <laughs> um, Yes. I, I always thought that was a little precarious, even when I was younger. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you the guy down the hill? I mean, I wasn't sure if this would be like a week long thing or more of like a day situation. But I figured we might as well. I was really hoping, wasn't sure if anything had changed, that Jesse would be able to see Stardust Tower and not really asking for any more than that, if that's all right. I think that's more than all right. There's always room left. And if not, you know, you can also just stay over with me if there's no space at the camp. It's Oh, I don't mean to impose. I'm sure that's a whole... You're not going to make the trek all the way down there to just see Starlight Hour. I mean, it's gorgeous and never fails to amaze. But also, you know, it takes a while to get there. Like, I wouldn't want you to be like... (laughs) 
going back right after. That's kind of terrible. So yeah, all right. Also dangerous. You know, maybe yeah. Let's maybe not do that. Yeah. So these three people start walking down the hill. Is this a ride the beetle situation or just walk next to the beetle situation? Uh, I would say that usually. Hannah hates people touching her beetle. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's like a, you know, one of those like, what's that called in English? Like children's farm with like cute mm. little edibles. Is that a thing? Sure. <laughs> um, where, you know, kids with like candy hands like touch goats and then the goats become sticky <laughs> and the goats have a terrible life. Yeah. That's kind of that, the... What? Wait. <laughs> That's always <laughs> how I feel. Her. Okay. Never... <laughs> It's not a relatable thing at all. Okay, well, I always feel bad for the like farm animals that are at like the the sort of children's zones, oh, right? That's what I mean. Zoos. Petting zoos. Yeah, that's the word. Okay, so in Dutch, it's just called like children farm, basically. <laughs> anyway, that's the vibe that Hannah usually gets when people see her giant beetle. But mm. also, it's such a hassle to take the official path because beetles can walk up walls and stuff. I now manifest that that's a thing that's true <laughs> okay yeah, um, so it's way easier to ride them up, up and down specifically if you're the guy and you know where to go anyway got it got it so usually nah it's not a thing but also if jesse really wants to she might be able to ride the beetle because i think okay. hannah's feeling forgiving today sam would kind of hoist up jess to sit with you yep and then go tell you um by the way hannah um two taps on the side means that she's feeling stressed out just one tap is she's she's all right just kind of got it should probably explain she's um she's not uh, a vocal kid she doesn't she hasn't been able to um, she doesn't talk not not really no you know that's totally fine as it hasn't for a while so you don't really need that here anyway (laughs) i've been doing pretty good on my own also beetles don't talk anyway so i mean that's very useful yeah well we won't be out of your sight anyway don't don't worry yeah yeah thank you so much Awesome. You're welcome. Uh, Jess, just gonna, you'll be okay. And Jess is already like clamoring on, like yeah, kind of yeah, crawling yeah. up the For side sure. of the beetle. She's got like boundless energy. Also, it's slippery. So this is like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's like trying to three inch times her way the up. energy for like even getting getting up there when you're a tiny. Yeah, human. and then yeah. she like vice grips around your waist as she like. <laughs> yep, yeah, makes sense. Hold on. <laughs> And as you descend, and Sam's following close behind, he's like peering downwards and seeing a bunch of the village houses that are nearby the camp mm-hmm. and says, um, so you've been living here at this camp like your whole life then? Basically. Yeah. I mean, not at the camp. The camp is very, you know, it's a different area. Um, th- there's a few of us here in the area and um, most of us do some work for the camp cause it's easy. And also we're the only ones that know how to traverse the woods without, you know, getting eaten maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess once you sort of start, to realize what kind of a spot you're in, it's not really necessary to leave. Whenever I go out there, it's very busy. I kind of like this this version. So I guess I just hung around and yeah, before you know it, you're super settled. <laughs> and you have a beetle friend and you know, but it's nice here. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm noticing and this hasn't changed at all from the last time I was here. I feel like rain still gets through those rooftops of yours. I'm not seeing much of an improvement since... Last I visited. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. It's one of those things that's always sort of on the list and then no one ever like tries to fix it. And then also I sort of forget about it because the summers are really not that rainy here. So then once the weather gets less great, then I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a problem that I forgot about for half a year. And then, well, you know, it goes like that. Also, I'm outside a lot. So I guess I sort of got numb for like dust and humidity. (laughs) Well, listen, I was actually thinking about it on the ride over. Nowadays, I'm a project manager at a construction firm. Oh, uh, I do a lot of renovation projects all throughout the city. If you want, I could probably convince a team or two to come out here and, you know, build some proper steel structures. If you're I just feel like from a safety standpoint or just like um, keeping people out of danger. I know the woods get really dangerous out here. I feel like a little bit of infrastructure might do some good. Right. Um, that's very kind of you. I'm not sure if that's that necessary. Also, it's it's pretty hard to get like anything down, down the path you just went. Like beetles are one thing, but right, it's not right. really made for, you know, heavy duty stuff, which also means that it's pretty wild in here. Which I happen to like. But, you know, if, fixing that roof would be nice. But, um. <laughs> How about we start with that? Sure. 
I got up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad, it's a bad habit, but I got a couple of tools in my briefcase. If I'm ever on site, maybe <laughs> I could work something out for you. Sure. So you've never thought about living somewhere else? Well, I've- I mean, listen, the ma- this place is truly something else. Magical. It's, it's one of a kind, but the world out there is moving fast. There's a lot of progress being made. There's a lot you can experience just beyond these walls. I'm amazed you haven't considered trying somewhere else for a bit. You know, I, I guess I have considered and um, I've lived here most of my life, but I've traveled a little bit and um, I guess very quickly I realized that it's, um, you know, as I said, a very different world out there. And I don't think I'm very much made for uh, for that one. And I think that makes me appreciate this one even more. It's, um, you might feel different, but the, the sort of um, remoteness of it makes me able to breathe, you know. I understand that it's perhaps not fast enough for everyone or um, too far away. And it is, you know, it's hard to reach. It's, it's, it's very, um, it's also the place I know best. And it's the place that makes me able to, you know, unwind, I guess. And also once you start knowing a place so well, it feels weird to be outside of it. It feels like you're missing, you know, part of your arm if you're not there. <laughs> so um, I appreciate you asking, but um, I think we might, we might live very different lives. Which is okay. Yeah, no, of course, to each his own. As we kind of crest onto the bottom, and, and this is where I think we're going to start tying up this story. As we crest into the bottom of this campgrounds, Sam glances towards a camp that has not changed much at all. Hmm. So much of his memories are exactly, so to speak, as they've been left. You can still see the same playground. You can still see the same bunks, these old cabins towards the back. You can hear the faint crashing of water in the distance by the waterfall that pours from above. There's kind of a quiet that befalls him as the memories of this space are very close in time to a series of events that were very difficult. And there's just the faintest of moisture building up just beneath his eyes as it all comes rushing back. He kind of gently tugs Jess to be close and holds her to his side and says to you how long is someone allowed to stay here as a guest in the camp you mean or or in this place in in, in the camp in the camp of course oh um well they do like the full summer program which is like a four-week thing you know you've you've done one it's basically the same thing or if you can only afford like a one week kind of thing, they do that too. Or I'm not sure if they, they're able to like still rule her in for the one week program that they're starting tomorrow, but we can check. And otherwise she might maybe just sort of tag along for a few workshops or something. Yeah. And are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. What are the odds that, and this is not something I was going to ask an hour ago, but uh, what are the odds you might need a volunteer? for this coming week just to help out I think volunteers are always welcome and I think I might need some help with cleaning out the area from last week there's a pretty intense constellation viewing happening in a few days that I think uh, you know extra hands are always um, useful how about that great you know Sam there's plenty of room here for for people that need it you know yeah you, you can stay as long as you like really don't worry about it yeah I didn't realize I'd need it. <laughs> yeah, they never do. I think that's a great way to end. Right? <laughs> let's, cl- let's let's clap there. <laughs> what what a killer ending! Love that. <laughs> nice little zinger at the end. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's so lovely. I really like this world. This is great. Yeah, what a cozy little space. Very cozy. Yeah, very autumny feel. You know, fits fits the vibe. Wow, what a, what a great way to close that. Um, thanks for. <laughs> for- Joining me in this little experiment. Again, this game is An Altogether Different River by Aaron Lim. Yeah. Uh, it was Thanks, such a Aaron. cozy this read. so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a bunch of these then, yeah? Oh, it has like prompt questions. Or is it, yeah. Is it? Is this like a resource? Is this a game? Like, how would you describe this? Because it feels a little bit in between stuff now, right? In a good way. The general energy is that it is supposed to facilitate a story that takes place in a singular location. Specifically, the place you've just been. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it kind of unpacking what comes with a character who has stayed there their whole life versus a character that is just returning. Right. And it has questions that help build out a character's baggage, so to speak. Like, why did they stay Mm -hmm. or why did they go? Is there someone in town that they resent or have history with or have trouble with? 
Or is there something they can't let go of? Things like that. Right. And usually when we build out settings, we like to build out a setting and then the place around it and then the surrounding places and then all that stuff on a very like time flat sort of scale. But when you mm-hmm. kind of scale back and understand the idea that everything has history and kind of pull it downwards through time yeah. and realize that there's a fantastic way to find depth in creating a place that a character has history in rather than just attaching a As backstory a to point. Yeah. 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 I really like just that. attaching a character That's to a great. backstory. So lovely. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful little thing. And also, um, obviously, we don't have time for this on stream and it would be and we don't have time for this on podcast and it would be very difficult to portray <laughs> in audio form. There is like a drawing section of this. Oh, that's so fun. The players collectively work towards a map and like draw out landmarks of this oh map. Oh my God, I love it. I love map making. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little past present sort of that's deal. That's so fun. But yeah, check out that game if you like it. Yeah. This has been a very fun world building experience. Also great for an episode. It's a, This is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Good change of pace here. Little really thing. Nice. Little thing little we little got. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Tune in next episode for the season end <gasps> of season six. Cue the audience gasps. <gasps>, <gasps> and, as, and as we do you, with every season end, it will be a fan prompts episode. Yeah, that's right. I'll be post. Uh, actually, by the time I post this, the episode will be out, unfortunately. But <laughs> <laughs> if people who keep track of our Twitter and my YouTube channel, Wintry RPG, I will be asking for fan prompts that we will be addressing. And the episode comes out on Halloween. So it should be uh, just a little bit, a little bit interesting. Very great. A little bit exciting. Please lean into that favor for anyone submitting anything. Would not mind that at all. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And as we always say, in this setting that we've just made and in every other one that will ever continue to exist, (laughs) uh, we must always remind you that your rivers are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about it. Goodbye. It's still true. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. If you have ideas for topics, prompts, or you just want to share your thoughts, please reach us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. That's yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Also, a big thanks to Maarten Schellekens, who created the intro and outro music for our podcast. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to see you at the next one. Bye.